Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody, Gibbs here with number 425 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time. It's Paul Simon with Paul Simon. For those that don't know, Paul Simon was part of the duo Simon and Garfunkel. So this was his second solo studio album after splitting away from his musical partner Art Garfunkel. It was released on January 24th of 1972, recorded January through March of 1971 at CBS Studios in San Francisco, California, CBS Studios in New York, New York, Western Recorders, Los Angeles, California, Dynamic Sound Studios in Kingston, and Studio CBE in Paris. The genre of the album is folk rock, released on the label of Columbia and Warner Brothers, produced by Roy Haley and Paul Simon. There were 11 tracks on the original release of this album, and I say original release because, as most of these older albums... They are re-released, and most of the time when they're re-released, they have bonus tracks on them. This one, I think, was mainly demos of songs that he eventually would expand more upon and put on this album. So there's a couple demo versions on the bonus features, but I don't consider reissues. I always go back to the original album, because unless otherwise stated by Rolling Stones, that's the album that I'm going to take in consideration. So, 11 tracks on the original release. Three of them were released as singles. Those were Mother and Child Reunion, Me and Julio, Down by the Schoolyard, and Duncan. It's interesting to me that during the recording of this album, mainly the summer of 1971, Simon was actually teaching classes, songwriting classes, at New York University, which is just awesome. I know that they have master classes and stuff today that you can sit down and learn from celebrities how to do whatever they happen to be good at, but this is just cool to think that you could take a class taught by Paul Simon to teach you how to write a good song. It just, that would be a very interesting class to attend. But it was said that Paul Simon was actually a little nervous it seemed like in these classes, and that he would usually listen to the students' songs and offer suggestions and criticisms, and he would basically go through the lyrics and try to draw comparisons with his own work and offer insights and sources of inspiration for the students. So just cool that he, while he's still trying to put out an album, would teach this class after this class, Simon would travel to San Francisco and record these demos, which, like I said, the demos can be heard on the reissued version. I think that came out in 2004. And he began to work with different musical styles for his upcoming solo album and really wanted to include Latin music, jazz, blues, and reggae. And he really wanted to reflect his interest in world music on this solo album. I think that's partially why you see so many different recording studios used in the making of this album was 
partially to draw inspiration or get a better feel with mother and child reunion being recorded in Kingston, Jamaica. So I can't imagine just traveling to a place to record one song, but it seemed like he jumped around from studio to studio. Themes on this album include his divorce at the time with Peggy Harper, and were even directly mentioned in the track Run That Body Down, in which he uses Peg's name as well as his own in the song. And Congratulations also was another track that he was inspired by his rocky marriage, I guess is what they're going to call it, as they didn't officially divorce until 1975. But obviously things weren't going well, and he used his platform as a way of getting some feelings off of his chest and drew inspiration from it, really. Other themes on this album would include drugs and adolescence. Critical reception of the album tended to be kind of split. There were some that felt that the album was very good, and there was others that felt that he kind of just phoned it in this album and just put out an album for the sake of putting out an album and staying busy. This album did chart top five around most of the world and was also certified platinum in the United States. As well as being on this list, it also comes in at number 984 in the all-time top 1,000 albums that came out in 2000. So it just barely squeaked into that one. And in 2012, Rolling Stone actually had this album up all the way to 268. And now it has dropped all the way down to 425. I personally enjoyed this album listening to it. And there was a lot more diversity on it than I thought there would be. I was expecting a lot of just acoustic music and more of singer-songwriter feel, but a lot of the songs were complete full band arrangements, and I found it fun to listen to. I really liked the guitar solo on Run That Body Down, and it had a nice wah effect. And that was one of the songs that he had based off of his Rocky Marriage. And I really thought that there was a good guitar part on Armistice Day. Even though it was an acoustic guitar, it almost had a heavy feel to it, being down in the lower registry of notes on the guitar. And it just kind of provided almost a heavy feel to it, even though it was being played on an acoustic guitar. And I just was really impressed by his storytelling on this album, which really didn't come as much of a surprise to me. It's just, I really appreciate it. I was expecting going in that he was going to tell good stories throughout these songs because I think that he's a really good songwriter. I was also impressed by the whistling on Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard, which I know that sounds like a funny, weird thing to be impressed by, but personally, I can't whistle that great. So when people whistle and it happens to fall in key with the song and they're able to move the notes up and down, I just think it's a cool thing that you can throw in there. 
he also showed off some of his great songwriting skills and the way that he is able to put things on Papa Hobo, which is just a really good song about Detroit. And that is Detroit, Michigan, for those that aren't in the United States and not familiar with that place. But he had a line, Carbon Monoxide, the old Detroit perfume. And I just thought that was a very interesting way to phrase that. You know, there's so many other things you could say to say, you know, the air here kind of has a smell to it. But the way that he phrased it and used it as the Detroit perfume, I really enjoyed that. And I like his songwriting ability, and that all wraps into his ability to tell stories throughout these songs. There's also a really good instrumental track on this album. It's called Hobo Blues, and it's a rather short piece, but it has a really nice violin playing, and it's the featured instrument in this track. And I I like the way that even though Paul Simon isn't playing the violin, he's able to just kind of be in the background strumming on the guitar or playing percussion or whatever he was doing on that track and just kind of sit back and really show off the talents of Stephanie Grappelli, which was the violinist on this album, who just did a really great job. There was a couple other tracks that the violin sounded really good on, but this was a little featurette of just an instrumental piece that really featured that violin and was a really good piece. My only knock on this album was on Paranoia Blues, which I really liked that song, but I really liked what I perceived to be the chorus because it was different from the first verse, so I perceived it to be a chorus. But then he goes on and sings a second verse, and the song just kind of ends after that. There's a little instrumentation, and then it ends. And I kind of wish maybe make it a little longer and add in and repeat what I was viewing as a chorus just to really complete the song and make it better. But that was basically my only knock on this album while I was listening to it. So deciding where it goes, I kind of feel like I'm going to move it down a little farther than where it is now. And I kind of hope that maybe a Simon and Garfunkel album will be on this list at some point because... I really like those two together, and I feel like most of his influential things were done, Simon and Garfunkel. So I'm going to move it back just a tad bit farther and place it at 433 for the time being, which is just below Elvis Costello's My Aim is True, but still ahead of Pet Shop Boys, actually. Would love to know what you think. You can reach me, the Rolling Review at Yahoo.com, going over to Facebook, liking the fan page by searching at the Rolling Review, where you can see the updated list that I post. You can also see that over to Instagram, and I try to post the notes I take while I'm listening to these albums. Next time we have Beck with Odele. Until then, I'm Gibbs. This is the Rolling Review. Stay safe and be kind.